Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. I'll be all excited. It's Vision Sunday here at My City. Come on, let me hear you. Come on. Come on. I got a word for you today. Are you all ready for the word of God this morning? Come on. I believe that God has a word for you today. I believe that he is always speaking at the hardest of my heart. God is always speaking. He's just waiting for a people that will take him at his word. He's waiting for a people that will listen. I find as many people are hungry for a word of God in their lives, but few people actually act on that word when it is spoken. And so I am expecting today nothing less of you than if the Holy Spirit speaks something to you today that you write it down. You write it down, not to just throw it away later, but maybe you put it in your phone. Maybe you write it on a notepad. Maybe you look at it week in, week out, month after month, year after year. These Vision Sundays aren't just things for us to just show up and be like, oh, look at this little word. They're things that we build a foundation upon. I just killed my foot there. It's numb now. We build a foundation on them. Because I believe God builds in stages. Like he, he builds in stages, meaning that he speaks words. And what we do with them determines if we will get another one. Some of us, though, we get some, and we're not too happy with that. So we're like, ah, oh, God, yeah, that seems kind of small. And God's like, oh, so you're despising small beginnings now? Hey. Oh, so like this, is it the fact that I've entrusted you with it means it's not significant? Oh, you want that person's vision. Where'd that person start? Right? Just take a moment. I want that marriage, God. Yeah. I want you to have that marriage too. But you know where it starts? First, you got to work on you. It starts with your love and your spouse. You know, you want the big thing. Yeah, everyone wants the big thing. But few people actually are entrusted with the small thing. They don't ever do anything with it. So God's like, all right, okay, who else? I'm speaking. Because God is always speaking vision. And that's what we're talking about today. Can I tell you, it is imperative that you have a vision for your life. The book of Proverbs says that without vision, people cast off restraint. A prophetic revelation. Something that God has spoken to you that you can build your life upon. Something that God has spoken corporately first. What I found is everyone wants an individual vision, but not many people want to follow a corporate vision. But can I tell you that your individual comes in alignment after you submit it to a corporate God speaks corporately. God speaks corporately, a church body first. Because you are the church, a part of the body of Christ. And he'll give you specificity only after you actually embrace what he's doing corporately. So being able to actually hear the voice of God. Can I tell you, God is always speaking vision. And so that's what we're doing today. We're talking about vision. Say vision. Vision. Vision is tricky. Vision is tricky. Vision is tricky. Because how do you know when it's actually God speaking? And it can be hard to be able to differentiate that. But I know that God is going to keep on, he's going to keep on speaking today. Even if we've been unfaithful with the visions in the past, even if we have a tough time distinguishing them right now, God's going to keep speaking them. Because when he speaks, he speaks forth like a wave that goes to all four corners. It's like a, and whoever's open to receive it, that's the person that it lands on. 
because they were willing to receive it. Can I tell you, God is not lacking vision ever. What he lacks in this city is vessels. Can I tell you that the oil continues to flow as long as vessels are available? And sometimes we just need to be a person that says, God, whenever, wherever, however, whatever you want, God, my hope is that I'll say yes and amen. And so if you're hungry for vision today, I just want you to lift up your hands. Let's pray as we dive into the word. Father God, we come before you today. God, we pray that you would speak as you are always speaking. Open our ears to hear you. Soften our hearts, Holy Spirit, till that soil that we would receive the seed planted today. God, I pray for people that have come in here feeling aimless and purposelessness. God, I pray that they would leave here knowing that you've called them for such a time as this. God, help them to hear the words of heaven, that you've set them apart, that you've ordained them. God, that they are your child. God, and you have a purpose for them. Just right now, church, I want you to say these words after me. Say, Lord, I'm hungry for vision. God, I'm ready. I'm expectant. So speak to me today. God, I'm listening. In Jesus' name. And if everyone that is ready for a word from God this morning, would you just lift up a shout of praise in this place? Come on. We're ready for you, Lord. Come on. Come on. All right. You can be seated as we dive into the word of God, doing things a little bit different today. We're going to kind of tee this up, this whole idea of vision for your life, the word of God, the will of God for your life. It's important that you have something that you're going after. What you will find is that if you are not directing your attention, your attention will be directed somewhere. So you have to have something that keeps you to your true north. What is keeping me grounded? What am I going after? I'm not just after what sounds good, especially a day and age when we're surrounded by everyone's opinion of how you should live your life, how you should build your business, how you should build your marriage, how you should teach your kids. You got to be able to have something that keeps you grounded. You got to have something. And vision, that's what vision is. That no matter what comes my way, no matter what opportunities come my way, can I tell you that if the devil, all he needs to do to get you distracted off of the course of God is a better paying job, then that's as far as you'll ever go. If you're after money, right? If you're after, well, I just want to make six figures, or I just want to make seven figures, whatever it may be. The moment that you start being purposeful in the kingdom of God, something will come along that will look better. But how many of you know it's no good to be out in the middle of a lake when Jesus isn't in the boat with you? Like there has to be a point where you are more in love with following the thing that God has for you than the thing that you are distracted by. Now, I believe dreams are good. Dreams are good. If you have a desire to make a certain amount of money, that's great. That's great. Just don't put it second to God. Like, right? Like Jesus is at the center and then everything revolves around that. Nothing wrong with having visions, dreams. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But I want to say that as God speaks forth things into this earth, he is looking for vessels that will take him at his word write it down, and then go after it with all that they have. God speaking vision to you is like his investment in you. It's his investment. What you do with it is your gift back to God. So God's always speaking vision. God's always calling people to higher levels. God's always saying, hey, the more you give to me, the more I can do through you. I'm not going to do it for you. There has to be a partnership, a level of obedience of you doing it 
with the Lord. So how do I know what God's called me to do? Right? Because at times it can feel impossible. If he says something, can I tell you that if he's spoken something to you that seems impossible, it might very well be God. Because the vision will always proceed the provision. The decision to go after what God has called you to, the decision to go after the vision, will always find, you always find that you have lack before you're able to pursue it. And so for your life, I need to be able, I need you to write this down today. The will of God for your life. How do I know the will of God for my life? And we're going to be talking about this last point here. But God directs and he gives vision through four different ways. First, it's the word of God. He speaks through the word of God. You want to hear the voice of God? Read what he's already said. Everyone wants to hear the voice of God. Well, I just wish God would speak to me. And God says, I did. And so are you going to do like the first small step and like reading the word first? That's what God's saying. Like, so get into the word. So that's how God speaks. The word of God. He also speaks through the influences of authority. That's why it's important who you surround yourself with. That's why it's important that you get planted in a church. Hello, we just finished our planted series. That starts next week, by the way. So if you want to get registered for that, you can check out the Church Center app. You can get registered for the gathering. We're going to go through that each and every single week. This is what it means to be fruitful. In order to be fruitful, you got to be planted. And that's why we have the planted course here at my city. So the influence of authority, people that are in your life, getting grounded and rooted in a body of Christ, a body of believers. So God speaks through the word of God, the influences of authority. He talks, he leads through your, your, uh, your life experiences. So the word of God, the influence of authority, life experiences. Like, what are you good at? What is you, what are you naturally just good at? That you feel it isn't very special, but everyone else looks at you and says, dude, that guy's just gifted or that girl, she just got talent. When really it is, it's a gift that God wants to use to bless the people of this world with, even to bless God with. So it's the word of God, influences of authority, the life experiences, and then write this down, the last one here, the leading of the spirit. You put those all in order, the first letter should spell will. You want to know the will of God, word of God, influences of authority, life experiences, leading of the spirit. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Now that we're talking about vision in this church, what does God have for my city church for 2023? Can I tell you that what God has for my city for 2023 does have something to do with you if you call this place home? Like, so God has a word for you. This isn't me just sharing a word because I felt like God gave it to me or to this church, but the fact that you call this church home means that God is going to use it to bless you and to also call you to deeper and higher levels. So this leading of the Spirit, can I tell you that God orchestrates your steps, but it's your choice if you want to follow. He is always opening doors. He is always leading you down towards certain paths, towards certain things that he has prepared for you in advance, but it's your choice if you want to follow. And I got this word, this phrase for our church for 2023 that I cannot share it with you yet because you got to be able to receive what I've spoken. You got to be able to have your heart open to be able to receive it. Otherwise, it goes in one ear and out the other. And you're like, cool, that was good. Let's turn on the football game. But that's not what I'm after. I'm after a life being transformed. I'm not after a pretty message. I'm after actually communicating something that can impact your life, not just something that you check off on a Sunday. And so what does it mean, this leading of the Spirit? Can I tell you, it's imperative that we all are open to being led by the Holy Spirit. It can be hard. It can be difficult, especially to differentiate between the Holy Spirit's voice and my own dumb thoughts. Is that God? I don't know. It's hard to find out. But I want to be able to try to enlighten you here a little bit through this, the reading of the scriptures. We're going to start in Ezekiel chapter 47. 
This is something that I felt like this, this encompasses the entire word that God has for us for this year. And to set it up, we're reading through Ezekiel 47, verse 2. He's having a vision. Ezekiel, he's a man of God. He's a prophet. He's having a vision of the temple. And th this man is leading him. It's the spirit of God that's leading him and, and communicating this vision to him. It says, he then brought me out through the north gate. And led me around the outside of the outer gate facing east. And the water was trickling from the south side. What is he saying? He's seen a water, a little stream trickling from underneath the temple. As the man went eastward with the measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cupids. Roughly 1,500 feet is what that is. And then led me through water that was ankle deep. Say ankle deep. Ankle deep. He measured off another 1,000 cubits, 1,500 feet, and led me through water that was knee deep. Say knee deep. Okay, next verse. He measured off another 1,000 and led me through water that was up to my waist. Say waist. He measured off another 1,000, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. Say swim in. Swim in, a river that no one could cross. So now you have ankle deep, you have knee deep, you have waist deep, and then you have it you cannot even cross. What does this mean? Okay, cool, Pastor Eli, this is a message about a man seeing a river. Well, it kind of defies the laws of physics. It starts as a stream, and it gets wider, and it gets deeper the further out that you go. Can I tell you that this vision and how I interpret it right now for our church is that this is how God starts most people's journey of, of following Jesus, is that usually it starts with just getting your foot a little wet. It starts with just stepping in. So what does that look like? Well, I tried out church. Like, I came to church a few times. I tried the, I tried the, the group thing. You know, I'm trying to follow Jesus. I'm trying to read my Bible. And all that, can I tell you, we all start somewhere. And if this church ever gets to a point where we look at people and we say, oh, you don't read your Bible, you must not be a Christian, then you can go find another place because this will always be a place for people that are in different parts on their journey. Will always be a place. So I don't care if this is your first time back at church in 10 years or your entire life or you've been coming here your entire life. Can I tell you, you're still a part of the body of Christ. So we have people, sometimes they're ankle deep and some people, they, they go a little bit further in the relationship with God and, and then they get knee deep. And then they go a little bit further. And then, then they get waist deep. And then they go a little bit further. And then they have the choice, hey, like, do you want to jump in? Like, do you want to see what I have for you? Because as long as you can touch the ground, you're still in control. And, and sometimes we got to be able to get to a point where we actually trust God in our obedience. So that means that it won't always make sense. That, doesn't, that means that I won't always know what the outcome is going to be. But sign me up for the ride, God, because I trust you. And I can't help but see in this passage four different areas where Ezekiel says, he led me. He led me. He led me. He led me. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit is looking to lead you in your life. The question that I'm asking is, are you willing to follow? Because no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor enter into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And everyone wants the will of God for their life. I think I could go around and ask every single person here, do you want the will of God for your life? And I think every single person would say, well, yeah, duh. 
Like, I, I want what God has for me. I want what God has for me. But you have to be obedient to what God asks of you in order to receive what he has for you. I think of Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 says this, that if you are willing and obedient, you will inherit the good things of the land. Willing and obedient, not or, which means that you can be obedient but not willing. Which means that you can be willing but not obedient. Wait, but I thought that if I wanted to, that means that I would. Not according to this verse right here. That means that you have to eventually make a choice to do something that you are not willing to do. That's what obedience is. Obedience is saying, I am going to do something. Even though I don't want to, I'm going to do it because it's what God has asked me to do. It's what God has called me to do. That's what obedience is. Can I tell you that you got a desire to do the will of God, and you have to desire eventually to be obedient to the things of God, but you're not always going to feel like doing the things of God. And I implore you today that there, is a time, there will be a time in your life, there will never be a time in your life where you're like, I'm going to do anything and everything that God wants me to do. Until you're actually out of this skin, out of this body, you'll have something to wrestle with. It's your flesh. Where you'll have a choice to make each and every day. Can I tell you, obedience is something that you have to make a decision each and every day to do. Psalm 40 verse 8 says that I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is written on my heart. I desire, but that doesn't mean I always will. So your obedience, can I tell you, your obedience, you will not always feel like being obedient. This church will not always feel like doing what God wants us to do. Well, Pastor Eli, why are we not doing that anymore? Trying to be obedient. Why are we doing this? Trying to be obedient. Why do we do those songs? Trying to be obedient. Why are you taking the church through these series? Trying to be obedient. I'm not just blowing stuff out of my mouth just saying, hey, this would be cool, that'd be cool. Now, I think it is important for us to have a brain because God gave us a brain, but I think it's also equally important to be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like as a church, we got to be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And this leading of the Holy Spirit isn't always comfortable. It's like a cold shower. You know it's good for you, but you don't want to do it. Where are my cold shower people in here? Like, like I'll do hot, and then I'll do scolding hot, and then I'll flip it to as cold as can be. And now that it's winter, it gets really cold, so it's like extra torturing. All right, lift your hands again. Who are the cold shower people in here? Nice, 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 nice. Do you look forward to it? <laughs> okay, so I was doing this. I've been doing this since I was a kid. They, they said that... Uh, Hey, if you want your muscles to recover, you know, I was an athlete. I am an athlete. <clears throat> I'll still school all you guys in any kind of slow pitch softball. And I was told if you take a hot shower, then a cold shower, it'll help your muscles recover. I don't know if that's true or not. I think it is. But nevertheless, I continue to do it. And this, this other time I, I was about to do it, and uh, it was just going through my head. You know, you don't have to do this. Yeah. I don't have to. But I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> ah! You know? And then I usually count to 60 and then I turn, I, I shut it down. But can I tell you, that's what it's like to be obedient to God sometimes. That you don't always want to. 
and that's okay. The important thing is what you decide to do. I don't want to pray. I'm going to pray when I like feel like it. Now I, I, we got men's prayer, city girl prayer on Fridays, men's prayer on Tuesday. Can I tell you that I live my life deciding to do that stuff? And you have to decide in your life to do things to draw you closer. You have to decide. You didn't just roll out of your bed and plop your butt in church this morning. Can I tell you that you decided? Like you made a choice. You don't always just, oh, I'm just going to wait until I feel like reading my Bible. Now, it's important. You can't live your life there your entire life. If you don't have motivation for some things, you got to be able to have a self-reflection. Be like, okay, what's really going on? Can I tell you what love is? That you actually choose to love your spouse. It doesn't just happen. I don't got my butterflies anymore. I fell out of love. You chose not to love. You got to be able to choose. Can I tell you, it's the same with your walk with Christ. To be obedient to God is like a cold shower. And I didn't realize this until my wife and I, we did a, a, a high, what is it, hydrotherapy session that they have now at these saunas. And what it is, is you go from hot to cold. And so we get in this really hot sauna for 10 minutes, and then they have this really cold tub. And I wasn't really sure how I'd react if, if it'd be like a cold shower or if it'd be much worse. I've never immersed myself purposefully in freezing cold water. And uh, once I did that, I didn't realize how much of a mental game that it was. And I sat in there for about 30 seconds. I was a little cold. But then I started saying, I'm actually warm. I'm warm. I'm warm. And then I was actually like warm. I didn't really realize why I was so warm. And then as I'm sitting there, like Kelly's like, my bones are cold. I'm saying, really? This is like nice. I'm enjoying this. But then I, a thought came to my head. I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit reminding me or not. It's like, you know, the cold doesn't really bother you, Eli, because you're Scandinavian. I'm like, fair enough. You know, like Viking, ah, you know, cool. But then I started thinking about that a little bit more. Like, wait, so it's like in my DNA? So like where my ancestors used to live has enabled my body to stand stronger in colder times. Right? So then I just started thinking this a little bit more. So like the things that I'm being obedient to today could actually help my children's children be obedient to tomorrow. So like the things that my body is able to handle was because someone else put up with it generations before and now it's like in the blood. It's in the DNA, right? So even in your life right now, there's decisions that you're making. And if you cower out now, your child's going to have to fight that. If you choose not to fight that battle, your child's going to have to fight that. Like be a person that says, you know what? I'm going to stand up against this so my kids don't have to put up with it. Like I'm breaking generational things in my line. Like I'm going to be a person that stands on the promises of God. And it's not going to be comfortable, but I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to do what God asked me to do. Well, I don't really want to. I just want to kind of go with the flow, right? Like, I want to do it, so therefore it's okay. No, there's a denying of yourself that you have to have. And the pace that you take that to is set by you. So you're ankle deep. You want to go knee deep? Is that, oh, that water's kind of cold, huh? Yeah, it's kind of uncomfortable. I don't know how cold the water was. 
if maybe when Ezekiel went in and it was waist deep, he went, ah! And he heard a sound. It happens. Your guy. Like, I don't know what his heart, like, was it warm? I don't know. Was it uncomfortable? Possibly. It was ankle deep. It was knee deep. But this is how God works in our lives as he takes us deeper. And the pace is up to you. You, Should you choose to follow? It says he led me. He led me. What I found is that a lot of people are interested in the promises of God. But not many people embrace the process he takes us through. The level of your development is dependent upon your submission to the process. It's not always going to feel comfortable. It's not always going to feel good. But I'm going to live purposeful. I'm going to make a choice to be obedient to the things that God has called me to. Even when sometimes it doesn't make sense. That I'm going to have faith to believe that what God spoke to me regardless if it's comfortable or not, is actually his preferred future for my life. It may not look pretty at the small beginning stage, but God says, no, I'm equipping you, like I'm preparing you for what I have for you. So you're right now, you're digging, you're building some things that I'm going to build upon. Like you're setting a foundation that not just you, but generations beyond you in this city and around this world are going to build their lives upon. Like, so you're saying no to things that your kids are going to be able to have to say. They're going to be able to say yes to God things in their life. So I'm just convinced that the thing that God has for me, the vision that he's spoken over me in my life that I'm living towards is actually the best life I could ever live. That I haven't even arrived. We have that saying, the best is yet to come. That's not just a slogan. We believe that God is continually working in and through this church and through your life. So if, like, you've arrived, then you're basically dead. Like, do you believe God wants to keep doing things through you? Do you believe, well, I'm 55, I'm 70, I'm 80. Moses, Abraham, who was as good as dead, considered him faithful who had promised. And that's what God's looking for. Will he find faith? It says, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? That's Luke 18. So God's calling us to different stages and Different levels of deepness, right? Like ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. And then it's like, hey, so are you going to get in? The river's moving. What I found is that when we get in the river, it will take us where God needs us, not where we always want to be. The Bible says that this river, it goes into the salt. It says it pours into the Dead Sea, and it actually brings life to things in the Dead Sea, and there's teeming with life and fish and all these trees are building up around and all these fishermen are fishing and catching all kind of fish right outside this river. But you have a choice. Hey, are you going to get in the river? Are you going to be obedient? And I can't help what new passage, passage in the New Testament communicate this, Kate's this better than Jesus going fishing with the disciples. In Luke chapter 5, we read about this. It says, Jesus He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. Notice it doesn't even say their name until they're actually obedient to the first step. That's where God starts. He sees people, and then he calls them to walk a little bit further with him. 
he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. There was two boats there. One person let Jesus in the boat and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, let's go a little bit deeper and let down the nets for a catch. What are we looking at? It's very prophetic almost of how Ezekiel was shown that vision, ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. Simon answered, Master, we've worked all night, hard all night and caught, haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Leave this up here. He says, Master, we've worked hard all night. God, I'm like, I'm, I'm way steep now. But I still don't see what you've promised. God, I've been going after the thing that you said. But I still don't see it. Can I tell you that's what vision is? Vision only makes sense in hindsight. Because you can look back and either live a life full of purpose or one full of regret. Did I take God at his word when he told me to do this? That's how vision works. It's always hindsight. It comes as foresight, but it only makes sense hindsight. The life I want to be able to live is one saying, God, wherever, whenever, however, sign me up. Oh, you want to go a little deeper? You want me to throw out a net? I've already thrown out a net. Can I tell you, God takes you in stages. It's an everyday choice to obey God. You think your life's done the moment you ask Jesus into your heart. It's just beginning, my friend. Where you go is up to you. I believe that no eye has seen. I believe that applies not just to afterlife, but this life here on earth. God's saying, follow me. I'm not going to tell you what you're going to do because to label it would limit you. If I were to tell you this is what you're going to do, I can tell you your identity. You're going to be a fisher of men. But I'm not going to tell you anything beyond that because now you're looking to that as the goal rather than trusting me and just following me and seeing what, has, what I have in store for you. Right? Like what if God has these things inside of your heart to build, be the next, to build the next Uber? Like do you fathom that? Are there Amazons in this place? Is your heart open to that? Are there iPads and iPhones? And I'm using that as symbolic. Are there Teslas in here? You got to be able to see something before you even see it. When we're singing the songs, do you see what I see? We're not saying, hey, do you see what I see? It's do you see what I see? Like what I see in my heart. What I see what God has prepared for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Like do you see what I see? And that's what we're talking about on Vision Sunday. Like, God doesn't ever give you a table. He gives you a tree. What you do with it is up to you. God doesn't give you a pulpit. He gives you rocks and material and metals that you form and fabricate to create something to preach the word off of. So you have success already written in your hand. God's already given to you. He's saying, are you going to apply yourself? Are you going to go after the thing that I placed in you? Now, you can be successful, though, without God. You can go out fishing again on another day. You can catch all sorts of thousands of fish, but God wasn't in your boat. 
So the goal isn't necessarily the gift, but it's the giver of the gift. That I'll go out and I'll fish again as long as I'm with Jesus. I'll go wherever he wants me to go. And if I got to turn down hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to do what God called me to do, then so be it. Like in your life, you got to be able to give up things in order to go up higher in God. But get this, no one who loses things in this life will not be rewarded 10 times as much in the next. Anyone who denies these things for my sake in order to follow me, like that's what I'm living for. Like I'm able to give up things to go up, to be obedient to the call of God on my life. But I can't help but see how these fishermen, they go out and they catch nothing. And they use the phrase, we worked hard all night, but we caught nothing. Have you ever been in a season in your life where you say, God, I've done this, but nothing happened? I had this happen once. I used to give money to people. I used to give like cash. I used to carry around 10s, 20s, 50s, 100s, and just give it to people. And sometimes I would give it to someone and they would just break down. Thank you so much. I wasn't knowing how I was going to make rent or pay for my food. And you showed up as a sign from God to show that God still cares about me. So I'm like on like a little bit of a high. I'm thinking like, man, God's like actually using me for some extraordinary things. Like I'm helping people in their lives. So this one day I was driving home from high school. I had $100 in my wallet. And I see this guy walking on Highway 370. I feel like the Holy Spirit says, hey, go pick him up. I pick him up. I said, hey, you mind if I give you a ride? Do you need a ride anywhere? He says, yeah, I'm actually going to the Plattsmouth dump. And I'm like, why would you be going out there? Oh, I live out there. It was a plat, it was a plat view like out there in uh, Springfield. I'm like, all right. Well, I guess I'll take you out there. And because, uh, you know what? I'm just being obedient. I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to give him a ride, right? And you've got to use discernment sometimes. Like if the guy's walking around with a machete, you don't give him a ride, right? God told me. So I give him this ride. I drop him off. And God says, give him that $100 in your wallet. I'm like, oh. This is cool, God. I'm going to hear like a cool story and how God uses like and blesses this person's life. I said, hey, man, thank, I'm glad I was able to give you a ride. He said, thanks for the ride. I said, I also wanted to give you, uh, felt like God said to give you $100. And this beautiful moment happened where the guy looked at the money. He looked at me and he said, thank you. Grabbed it, ran out the door and shut it. And he ran away. And I was just sitting in my truck that's what it means to be obedient? Nice. Sign me up, God. But you'll have times like that in your life. I prayed for that person. They weren't healed. Are you going to keep praying for people? I gave money and I didn't see the, the open door. Was it about that? Are you going to keep on giving? Right? So if it was about that, that just proves that it was actually about that. It was about what you were going to get, right? Like, my reward's in heaven. I prayed and nothing happened. Are you going to keep on praying? Are going to shut that closet door and keep on? I fasted. Nothing happened, God. I thought I was supposed to have breakthrough. 21 days, Pastor Eli said, pray for your breakthrough. It's coming. And I saw nothing. You don't know that. You prayed, you prayed for 40 days. Right? The very first day you prayed, your answer came. You prayed for 21 days. The very first day your answer, you prayed, your answer came. God, I've been serving you and following you. Where's my spouse? I don't know. 
Are you going to be are you going to keep coming deeper? You keep going deeper? God, I've been following you. I, I thought all these doors were going to open up. All I have is hardship. Yeah, come a little bit deeper. Keep trusting me. So we find out, that, God, we fished all night and caught nothing. But what did they say? Can we throw that verse back up there in Luke chapter 5? What did it say? Caught anything, but because you say so. What is that? That's obedience. That's saying, God, regardless if I see the outcome or not, what do they do? I look at it this way. They had this net. This is when Jesus found them. They had a fishing net. When did Jesus first see them? What were they doing? They were cleaning the net. Have you ever cleaned a fishing net before? There's all sorts of stuff that gets caught in it. All sorts of seaweed gets caught in it, and you got to kind of pluck it out, and you got to straighten it out. But what did this communicate? What did Jesus see in them to begin with? It wasn't their potential. It was their pattern. We talked about that last week, that even though they caught nothing, they were getting ready to go out again. Even though they got nothing, they were getting ready to be obedient again. They didn't have any quit in them. They were saying, God, you know what? I know I haven't seen much. I know I haven't seen the, the harvest that you promised. But if you say so, God, I'm going to throw out that net again. If you say so, God, even though I don't see any result, and what I found is this type of heart, God will use. Because it's the one that the devil can't stop. You guys ever seen Finding Nemo? Let me see, show of hands, Finding Nemo. Just keep swimming, just keep. All right. There's a scene in that movie with the turtle. Do you guys remember turtle? My name's Crush. And the little guy, that was totally wicked. Right? Like, like Finding Nemo, Marlin bites through this jellyfish to save Dory, right? Like she's caught up, and he gets passed out because he's trying to save someone. He's working hard trying to find his son Nemo, but in the meantime, he's just trying to be obedient to every little step on his way. So he goes, and he sets Dory free, but he's passed out, and then he wakes up on the back of a sea turtle. Do you guys remember where they were? He woke them up. Talking, my name's Crush. Where are we, Crush? He says, you're in the EAC, bro. What is that? The East Australian current. See, the current carries things where they need to be. The current actually brings balance to the environment and keeps what could be frigid climates actually warm. And warm clients actually a little bit cooler so plant life can survive. That's what this current does. This current, he only would have ended up in this current if he was obedient to saving Dory. But we didn't find is that this current actually carried him to find Nemo. He would not have encountered that current had he stayed in the coral reef. Never would have found it. Well, I'm just going to trust that Nemo's going to show up because God works all things. Yes. But God also looks for people that work in all things. God's also looking for people that continue to pick up that net and continue to clean it.
they grab it and they continue to throw it back out. And so this past year, God gave me a word for this church. Do you remember last year it was Stan? I was saying, God, like, okay, God, like, like, I had all this feedback back and forth with some people. I was like, like, is it like stand firm, stand strong, stand vigilant, stand oh, mighty warrior of God? And God was like, no, 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 no. All that, hogwash, stand. Like, okay, God, I'm going to be obedient. Stand. Why, why stand? And I used all these analogies of Rocky, and it's like life isn't about how hard you can hit, but it's about how hard you can get hit and get back up. I used the analogy of Eleazar, who when Israel was running in the field, he turned around and he stood on the promises of God, and God won the victory through a person that decided to stand on the promises of God. And then I said, like, the only person the devil can't beat is a person that just keeps getting back up. And I believe that was a prophetic word for our church. And you've been standing this last year. And at the end of 21 days of prayer and fasting, we had a prayer night in this building last week. And I felt like God said to me, he said, you're taking steps today. What is that? It's ankle deep. I, I don't care how fast, just keep moving. Right? Like, I ain't going to stay here now. I've stood. Now God's saying ankle deep. Then he'll say knee deep, waist deep. Then he'll say like, all right. So this year, God spoke again on what we're called to do as a church. And this is what he said. Just like Nemo found where he needed to be after he gave it his all, he got caught into the current. And as a church, what we're going to do this year is we're going to go into the current. We're going to say, God, we're going to be obedient this year. God, if there's things that you want us to scale back, we'll scale back. God, because I'm looking for something. I'm looking for what you have for this church and for the people of this church and for my wife and I and what you've called us to do in this city. I want it in your timing. And you know where we need to be when we need to be there. So God, if it's right in music, in your timing, God. I don't want to have a premature baby that, that comes forth and can't ever do anything. So God, your timing. Like, I'm going to jump into the current. I'm not just going to try to swim to the other side. I'm going to say, God, take us where you need us, when you need us. If you want us to have church at HQ for the next two weeks, God, then so be it. And this isn't going with the flow. This is trusting God in the middle of the current. This is saying, God, wherever, whenever, however. Because I know the plans. I know when. I, I know where. I just don't know when. So, God, if it's a building this year, awesome. But a building is not the goal. Regardless if I have a building in this house, for this house right now, or 10 buildings, one day, if it's not in God's timing, it is in vain. We could have one right in the middle of the city, right at 680 in Dodge. Awesome. Top golf, sign me up. But if it's not God's timing, I don't want it. So I'm going to be obedient this year. What I've done is I, I've done is I put all sorts of time on God. Well, God, I'll do this, but you got to like show up in this time. And what I felt like the Holy Spirit says, hey, so you fished all night. How'd that go for you? Where did the miracle happen? 
in the middle of the lake, in the deeper water. There's currents in the deeper water. But the miracle happened in the same place where they were fishing before. Well, my season's changing, pastor. What if God has called you to be fruitful in the same location? Just now you're obedient. My season's changing. Every single person in my life finds a reason to do what they want to do. But nevertheless, God, if you say so, I won't clean it off. You, you want me to throw it on this side of the boat? You say so. The Bible says that they caught so many fish that they couldn't even hold it in their boat. It started to sink, and they, so they called out to their buddies, and this is what I felt like God was saying, like, hey, like, you're not going to be able to hold it because the vision always precedes the provision. And so you have to call out to some people, so leaders and team in this place, you might have to be like, I don't feel like I have enough. We're sinking. I, at least we're sinking for the right reasons because we're dying for the things that Jesus came for. He came for the people, and we're going to lay our lives down, pick up our cross, and follow him. So I'm going to sink for the right reasons. I'm not going to hate it. I may be unwilling sometimes, but I'm going to still throw out the net. So what does this mean for you? Obey God. But what are my friends going to say? Obey God. But what about my coworkers? Obey God. But what about my calling? Obey God. What about my school? Obey God. You don't know what's on the other side of your obedience. See, some of you have been desiring the easy life, but God is saying, I'm in the current. Come out here with me and watch what happens. So this is what I want you to do. The next eight weeks, we're going to be talking about what it means to be in the current. Not only that, but everything that we do this year as a church, we're asking God, is this putting us into the current or out of the current? The sermon series that I'm doing. This is the first year we haven't had sermon series all planned out. Some pastors are like, you got to have it all planned out. And this year I'm just like, actually, we're going to kind of just go into the current. So for eight weeks, we're going to talk about this. What does it mean to be obedient? Another way to call this sermon would be outrageous obedience. Just be obedient. So that's what we're going to do. After Easter, we're going to talk about purpose. Like how do I help people find their purpose in life? And after that, I just told the team, I was like, we're actually talking about spiritual warfare. Leading up into some things that I'm going to be sharing at here, the sound at Vision Builders here this Friday. I'm going to be talking about that. And I'll be sharing with this church here in the next few weeks on the one thing that doesn't make sense. I'm just trying to be obedient. Well, you know, we don't have the money for that. That's all right. Vision proceeds provision. We'll find a way. How much is it going to cost? God, do you want to see that? Okay, we got to figure out how to raise some money, right? You want a building where? You want how many buildings where? Okay, it's all right. What I found is people that lack always make money an obstacle. That's not what we're going to do. We're called to go out into the current. Amen? Would you stand to your feet? And this is what I want you to do. I want you to go home. And I want you to ask the Lord. Maybe you already know. I want you to write down what God is calling you to be obedient to this year.
just being obedient to some prayer things, some, some marriage things, relationships, some work. Quit looking at greener grass, right? It'll always cause you to despise what's in your hand. Always will. If I had a spouse like that, you have the spouse that you create, that you've been entrusted with. Nurture her. Take care of him. Respect him. And you'll find that it'll start to be the thing that you needed to begin with, right? So I want you to find out, God, what have you called me to be obedient to? Come back next week. Not here because we got church at HQ. Church at HQ next week, and we're going to be talking about that. Now, what do I do with God, what God's asked me to be obedient to? Can I pray for you? Father God, I thank you for your church. I pray that you'd bless them and keep them and that your face would shine upon them. God, that they would know you. God, as you call us out into the current, help us to go deeper. God, to trust you, to not stop at ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. God, but we would jump full in to everything that you have for this church and for the people of this church. God, I pray that you would help us to pass up things that aren't you. God, it is in our hardest of hearts that we say, if you're not in it, God, we don't want it. God, but sign us up for what you have for this church this year. God, that we would be consistent in the things that we can look back in January of 2024 saying, God, we went into the current in January of last year. And look where you have brought us thus far. God, so we're going to continue to be obedient to the things that you've called us to. God, I pray for persistence. God, I pray for strength. God, I pray for commitments to rise in this place in people's hearts. God, we're going where you want us, Lord. Help us in Jesus' name. If you're not in, I don't want it. If you said it, I believe it. Where you call me, I will follow. Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.